you know, everybody always talks about, oh, you know, Spotify and all of them, they don't pay artists what they deserve, yada, 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 all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, yes. So so what are you going to do about it? Are you going to keep trying to push your Spotify? Are you going to keep trying to fucking run bot farms? Are you going to keep trying to get different playlisting schemes and stuff like that? You know, why do that when you don't have to? There's many other options. What's up, y'all? Harcos here with the Music Making Sense podcast. And with me, as always, is the one, the only KP rocking, rocking the vest and the fucking maroon and all kinds of shit yeah look at that vest y'all those y'all watching on the youtube or on the spotify video feed it's like a full oh he's got the fucking shoes out there the two tones with the gray slacks with the with the, with the drum with the drum socks dude oh, yes the yes drum socks. oh shit with the rbg in the background man oh yeah yeah i saw that i saw that when we just did our little pre-thing or whatever earlier and uh all of a sudden, I just started having fucking dead prez going through my fucking head. Every, <laughs> every time I see an RBG flag, man, I just think of, of them being like RBGs and then like just like yeah, you know, hell yeah, and down and all of, like all those fifty in the fifty in the clip is a, tr a crazy track too, man. Fifty mm -hmm. in the clip because yeah. like I remember whenever I first heard that or whatever, one of my buddies he was always trying to do fifty in the clip on the knuckles. Mm -hmm. You were trying to do fucking 50 at that cadence that they do. Yeah, in that. They're that's like, they're madness. Like, like 50, 49, 48, 47. 40, you know, it's like fucking mad crazy, man. Mm -hmm. Like you try to do that shit. By the time you hit fucking like, like 20 or like 30 to 25, you're just yeah. like, oh. <laughs> so if if those guys can do that to that cadence, man, fucking knuckle push-ups that fast, just boom, 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 boom. That's, that's jacked. And we were in the army when we were trying to do that shit. We were mm -hmm. getting winded by the time you know counting down from 50 by the time it got to about 25 to 20 or so right it was it was crazy man and uh but yeah man dead prez man like they're uh yeah they were definitely a different tone on the music man but every yeah. time i see that RB rbg in the background I'm, I'm just i just that's immediately it's like I just fucking his host and av. Yeah. And it's like he was going in my fucking head, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, I think more, what I'm thinking X, I was like X Clan. There was King oh, yeah. Sun. There was, yeah, definitely Dead Press, um, mm -hmm. Black Star. Uh, yep. There's been Paris. a yeah, absolutely. I Public mean, there's enemy. been a, yeah. yeah, there's been a lot of people in, in, in hip hop that have done it, but for some reason, rbg is because like basically because they were always saying rbg's roll with me and stuff like that and everything like mm -hmm. that and so it's like actually part of their lyrics with like rbg Facts. like it was like they 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 like used it as like a gang term almost you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like in that style you know not to nope. not to shit on it or nothing but you know but uh it became a rally it was like a rally yeah, yeah, it became yeah, yeah, a rallying yeah. call rally yeah yeah exactly man exactly gathering the troops well and then their whole album was rbg revolutionary but mm -hmm. gangster you know and instead yeah. of having you know red black and green you know but but yeah anyway <laughs> enough my about man. that history man. my man my man knows some boy y'all <laughs> y'all better watch Harcos, man why do you know yeah. some you know some fucking hip-hop dude y'all better be things. careful yeah i don't even have dead prez on 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 my wall because i didn't even buy their cd because i was it was like uh streaming and shit like that by the time i got turned yeah, on that's dead true. prez and stuff yeah. like that you know because you know whenever i whenever i bought a lot of these cds it was mm -hmm. like pre-2006 Seven around 2007 right. is when I kind of stopped buying CDs because then it was more like 
ripping offline and stuff like that. And then it was then it's like streaming kind of started in and stuff like that. And so I was downloading a lot of stuff digitally and everything like that. And I would say for me, it was about I was pretty I, I can honestly say I was pretty late when I got into um streaming. Um I would say 2015 I started getting into streaming. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it might have been closer to see when. Yeah, because I was still collecting, buying CDs, like, from, from shows and stuff, because I was going to yeah. shows. So I was still yeah. buying CDs and things. I think I might have bought a few CDs after I got out of the Army. In two, I got out in October 2008, and I know I bought okay. a lot whenever I was in Iraq. I was constantly, like, getting, every time we got a mail drop, uh-huh. I was getting like four or five fucking CDs out of Amazon because every, okay. you know, like, because, well, cause what I would do is, you know, we, we get, we'd be able to go down to the MWR and get on the internet like once a week. Right. And I would go and like anything that like me and my guys have been talking about or whatever, you know, when they were telling, mm-hmm. Oh, you got to check out this, this, this group or this, this artist or whatever, you know, stuff like that, because right. that's one of the beauties about being in the military is you're with people from all around. Exactly. So, you know, so like, you're hearing about every type of music, just by every type of music there is. Everything. And yeah. And when, and with, and with soldiers, everything. troops and all those yeah. guys and being in the, being in the, in the service. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of it's crazy, but no matter what MOS you're in or rating you are rank, you're going to get a lot of different music, man, like madness music from people yeah exactly you know because like well let's see so i only had like four different roommates or so whenever i was in the army after my training and stuff like Mm -hmm. that but like yeah man like i hung around with dudes from fucking new york city i hung around with people from fucking la texas Mm -hmm. fucking georgia fucking all over the place you know but like i remember like one of my main uh roommates that I had for like like two out of the three and a half years I was in, mm-hmm. he uh he was from St. Louis and he never like he put me on to a little bit of game and stuff like that, but not really too much, you know. Right. And like, you know, and we're talking about pre-2008. So mm-hmm. Facebook was just getting started. MySpace was really the thing, but smartphones didn't really exist. Right. And so like it was all like in-person networking whenever you're sharing stuff with somebody you're sharing that with them physically you know and so so whenever i'm talking about streaming all i'm talking about is youtube you know like i'm right. like that i'm not talking about spotify apple music and all that shit you know at, at that time and but but either way like i do it every time i went down to the to to the internet cafe and shit I was getting on there going to Amazon. I had like a list of fucking people I would put in. And then, of course, you know, Amazon, even back then, it was really good at recommending like things. Right. So then, you know, whenever I would type in, you know, Immortal Technique, it would come up with Immortal Technique's Revolutionary Volume 1 and 2, which I got right there. there. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But it would come up with those, but then it would also suggest you know this and that and this and that and everything like that too and so i was like yes 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 because i mean i had disposable <laughs> income <laughs> you know i had disposable income and right and uh i was actually you know getting put, getting put on game you know because before i went in the army i only really heard what was on the radio or like what i saw on like mtv bet you know yeah. and so like anything beyond that you know, like Pat Poos. Like I didn't I got turned on Pat Poos whenever I was in the army. Young Jeezy, I mean, he just started coming out about that same time frame and stuff like that, right. you know. But I remember like some of these CDs, like 
like Master P, Tupac, Snoop Dogg, you know, those are like the big people that were really making waves back then. 50 Cent, Game, yeah, right here. Game and them, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Bone Thugs, of course, you know, being yeah. from here in the Midwest oh, yeah. and stuff like that. But like, you know, and then Cotton Mouth Kings, of course. But like, those were all like big, big name people. But, you know, whenever I started finding out about Immortal Technique and Pharaoh Monch, I found about Pharaoh Monch from my dude on the West, from, from California, right? Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, but then he also put me on to like E40 and um, um, uh, who are those people from Chicago that twisted that shit with do or die? Do or he die? Put, okay. Yeah, he put me on do or die and stuff like that. I never heard of do or die, you know, until him. And then, you know, I heard of Twista, but ne you know, never really do yeah. or die, you know. But but after I heard him, I was like, oh, yeah, they're on that one track with Twista on his, you know, his Kamikaze CD, right? Yeah, exactly. That one. Yeah. That is the cut. Top it up with do or die. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, mm. and yeah, man, like my, but that's really when it started going. But then after I got out of the army, you know, I didn't really didn't have disposable income. I started paying bills and shit. The only bill I had was my cell phone, car payment and insurance. Like that was yeah. it. You know, when you're in everything else to kind of take care of yeah. you get institutionalized like that. Exactly. And, uh, so yeah, so like everything else. So then I was using fucking LimeWire and fucking downloading shit. And then I went to fucking, you know, it went from there. But then, you know, but then whenever streaming stuff actually did start becoming a thing, then I stopped mm -hmm. burning, I stopped burning my own CDs and stuff. Cause I would actually just like download a full album from somebody, find what songs I liked, and then burn those onto a fucking CD and stuff. And I even had like a, an iPod, like it wasn't even a a nano oh, it's like yeah, a gen it's a, 2 it's a gen 2 <laughs> yeah it's like a gen 2 like the big brick and stuff and yeah it just died you know and stuff like that but but i mean i had it hooked up to my fucking my my stereo in my car mm -hmm. you know and then of course i would be able to unplug it and then plug my headphones in and stuff like that when i go to the gym or whatever you know uh st stuff like that you know but uh but yeah i mean you know that like getting music nowadays is so it's almost overwhelming mm -hmm. you know i was just about they, to ask that question too yeah it, i mean it is because i mean you know if you think about it there's pros and cons with everything in life right but you know before whenever it was tapes and cds right mm -hmm. you only got what you saw in the record store or if somebody was slanging it you know, like Nelly did for four years, slinging country grammar out the back of his trunk at fucking gas stations for four Too years. Too short for those... did the same thing he did. Exactly. Yeah, but for those of y'all who don't know, country grammar, the country grammar al album, mm -hmm. hot shit and everything like that, that took four years to break yeah. nationwide. Four, yeah. four years. years, man. He was pushing the same album. So, like, you know how a lot of artists and stuff like that, they'll always be like, oh, man, that's my old shit. I put that out six months ago or a year ago, whatever. I'm on my new shit now. I'm when like, only four people have ever listened to your, to that <laughs> song. Like, Well, there's that, too. Even if even if 400 people listen to it, Nelly was pushing country grammar. Yes, it was a different time. Yes, there was, you know, not as much choice back then because, mm -hmm. you know, every hour they were playing the same 20 songs on the local radio station, you know, but like still <laughs> it took four years of grind to get one album going. And then once that got going, he was good. Yep. Good. So good, man. That motherfucker is still good. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, you know, then he we, kept putting out with him. He kept following it up. He followed it up. 
Yeah, he did. Yeah, he definitely. Yep. Yeah, he followed it up, and then he went into movies and diversified and stuff like that as well, mm-hmm. too. You know, but he, uh, yeah, I mean, like a lot of artists had to take that long grind, you know, and I mean, but it, you know, like I was saying, the pros and the cons from back then is, you know, all the stuff was really, really, uh, catered, you know. It, it was it yeah. was curated by BET, MTV, local radio stations. Even when Sirius XM popped off and stuff like that, it was still curated. You know, it was mm-hmm. all pay to play. People talk shit about payola, but it's always been a thing. Satellite radio is still curated. It's still it's still curated like a mug. Oh yeah. Oh Al, yeah, definitely always is. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 that's the thing is that. You know, even back then, right now, it doesn't matter, man. Like, there's always curation, but, but you know, people still broke out back then, and it was harder to get out, harder to reach people, and more expensive to reach people back then. Nowadays, it's it's easier and cheaper. So yeah, that increases the amount of people that are going to be trying to do the same thing you are. But you can still do it. You know, you can still get out. You know, and, and and to to speak of streaming, like <laughs> you don't have to rely on streaming. I I mean, we 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 recommend that you don't rely on streaming. You know, because you know, there's the whole you know, you know. I used to. Show, I used to think. Right? I used to. I used to rely, and I rely, and I'll explain that in a bit. Well, how, mm-hmm. what what I mean by that? But yeah, go ahead, boss. Yeah, somebody but, you know, gonna I mean, have to tell the truth, and he gonna tell it. <laughs> right, exactly, because like that that it you. You know, everybody always talks about, oh, you know, Spotify and all of them, they don't pay artists what they deserve, yada, 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 all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. So so what are you going to do about it? Are you going to keep trying to push your Spotify? Are you going to keep trying to fucking run bot farms? Are you going to keep trying to get different playlisting schemes and stuff like that, you know? Shout out I mean, to Curtis King on this, but somebody got to tell the truth and he going to tell it. Come exactly. On, like, So what are you going to do? You're going to keep doing it, right? And then keep <laughs> bitching about it. Why? Why? You know, why do that when you don't have to? There's many other options. Just like back in, in the early 2000s, late 90s, you know, 80s, whatever. Yep. Whenever Before the internet, people still had to find a way to break through. They had to pay a lot more money to get their music heard. And they still figured out a way to go around that, you know, slinging their fucking CDs out of gas station trunks and shit, or trunks at gas stations and, you know, doing every single show that they could possibly think of just to fucking put their CD out and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know, they figured out a way to do it without paying for it, you know, and um, I was actually just talking to to somebody the other day, you know, I've talked about it on here about, you know, 50 cents book, get richer, die, or, you know, hustle harder, hustle, hustle smarter. Harder, I mean, smarter. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hustle harder, hustle smarter. But then also, uh, Jeezy's book, um, uh, adversity for sale. I got to get and, that one. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, yeah, they're good ones, man. And, and adversity for sale is pretty interesting because so Jeezy, I mean, this is technically drug money, money laundering, but he, yeah, of course, but he actually took a bunch of money and printed, he he paid for like, like over 50, I think it was like 50,000 copies or more and was Mm -hmm. handing them out for free all over fucking Atlanta to get his buzz. And he fucking buzzed off of that because he was literally putting a fucking disc in everybody's hand for Mm -hmm. free. 
here, here's my shit. Here's my shit. Here's my shit. And he got a buzz. And so then he had three record deals on the table at that time. He had, he had the boys in the hood thing with fucking Mm -hmm. Diddy, right? Because he was the star of boys in the hood. No disrespect to fucking big, yeah, big Gee and Jody Breeze and all them motherfuckers, but he was the star of that shit. Right. Yeah. I mean, whenever he hopped on that fucking thing and said, if it's taking too long to, to lock up, bring it back. You know, you were short every way, anyway, so bring a stack. You know, whenever he did, he just killed the whole fucking beat with one bar Damn. right there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, and then, could do that. Boy. Yeah, and he could because he, could. he actually was sick with it. And yeah, but then also he had the buzz because he had that, and then he had like the full Def Jam deal for his, you know, Trap Motivation 101 and, and and stuff like that that he was putting together, and he he did it. Not by pay, play, paying radio stations to play him, you know, stuff like that. Like, yeah, he was paying the DJs to play him in the club. Right. And he was going in there throwing money and stuff like that. So he he was he was showing himself as being somebody to as a mover and a shaker and somebody worth paying attention to right. in general. Right. He was gathering the attention of people and, and and, you know, he was spending a lot of money to do it and stuff. Mm-hmm. But. You know what I'm saying? What are you going to do when you got stacks of money you can't put in the bank? You got to figure out something to do. And he wanted to turn it legit because the right. illegitimate shit was catching up with him because all of his people, you know, Big Meech and all of them were getting fucking pinched, you mm-hmm. know? And so he had to do something or else he was going to be next and he almost got caught. You know, he talks about it in his, in his book and stuff like that, you know, that, you know, he actually, um, he, sh- he showed up to, his like he had like a like a penthouse apartment or whatever in Atlanta or outside of Atlanta or something like that. He right. showed up to the apartment or whatever, and nobody, everybody in the building knew him as Mike and thought he was a baseball player because he actually went by I can't remember the last name, but there was a baseball player on like some Atlanta minor league or whatever mm-hmm. named Mike something, right? I can't remember the name, and okay. he just kind of went by that name, and that's how he was registered at the apartment and stuff like that. So everybody knew him as Mike. And thought he was a baseball player and stuff like that. That's how he could afford the fucking place. And so he goes in there or whatever. And like there was like some some ruckus going on or whatever. And he mm-hmm. asked like one of the one of the people that worked there is like, hey, what's going on or whatever. And they're like, right. oh, the feds are here, like going through the garage and stuff like that. Because, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on, though, and everything like that. And then he just ended up just walking out the front door and then getting in a, and just like walking. And then again, yeah. like, I think he got in a cab or something like that. Anyway, he just like bailed on his fucking million dollar fucking apartment and everything like that. And like he had multiple cars in the garage, shit like that. <clears throat> but anyway, he he spent the money to made him make himself someone to be paid attention to. And whenever he was putting out his music, people were paying attention because he was putting it in there. And then he took that that a lot of money, you know, to mm-hmm. put out 50,000 albums and hand it out to people for free in order to get his buzz up. And so that's what I always tell people too, is that take that approach. Not exactly, but give your music out for free to as many people that will take it on the internet. Now, now you can take a lot less money and get it out to way more than 50,000 people and build a hell of a fucking buzz by just giving people shit. And you don't even have to ask anything from them. You can give it out to them with no strings attached. You can give it to them with just an email only. And then now you can do email marketing with them if you wanted to. But you don't even have to do that. But you give people entertainment. You give them what they want, which is music and entertainment. And then 
it will build the buzz. But but too many people are like, oh, I'm putting this money in. I need to see my return right now. Okay, go listen to Adversity for Sale. Go listen to Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter. Those are two motherfuckers who make all the money that they want to right now. Um, Jeezy just got a divorce, so you never know how his money's doing. But you, they're making all the money they want to right he gonna now. He's going to be all right with that one. I'm He's sure, too yeah. smart for that shit. But he, yeah, yeah, I'm sure they got He was a little naive. Yeah, well, he was a little had, naive getting into getting into getting. He was a little naive getting with her, but right. at the end of the day, I think he's gonna be gravy. Yeah, he should just, be all right. I mean, yeah, yeah. She, I mean, she had her own money and stuff too, so I'm sure they got a prenup and shit like that. Yeah, because you know, they they both got they both got status and stuff like that. It's not like Facts. it's not like she was just some chick that just graduated from college or something, you know? Right. And uh, but but no, like those guys get plenty of money, and they had to put in a lot of money to do it. Yeah, they were making somewhat easy money somewhat fast money off of drugs and shit like that to help fund them which i don't recommend doing because they'll get you fucking locked up before it'll make you pop and, and pop for us and, and as black and brown men we don't need to be putting ourselves in that situation knowing knowing the 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 details and information behind cointail and and all these other organizations that are and and laws that are trying to put up that are already incarcerating us at mass at mass amounts of numbers. So yeah, yeah. Abs- absolutely. Yeah, you you definitely need to watch out for that. I mean, yeah, you know, and and then just to throw it out there, you know, it a, a lot of it, especially since 1992, has been because of the 92 grind bill that our current president at the year 2023 ushered in and championed. Um, but anyway, gonna have to tell the truth, and the boy gonna tell you. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, right. but y'all, y'all know what it is. I yeah. mean, fuck, a white dude ain't gotta tell you. Fucking yeah. black dude just told you, and you right. already know it. You know what I'm saying? If 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 you're if you're non-white in America, you should know the fucking deal anyway. But exactly. either way, you don't have to do that though. No, you can take hundred dollars a week, hundred dollars yeah. a month. Fuck, you can now, do it I with do, small money. No, I do have to give this up to Jeezy because. Again, as we were talking about, it was I think it was episode thirteen or fourteen mm-hmm. where I have brought up about about um, the intelligence of fifty and 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 Ho. Right, Jeezy has that intelligence, and we also brought up him, but I didn't, but I didn't go in on, on get, go in on Jeezy because it was just just kind of was a random thought. But since we are talking about with Jeezy, Jeezy's ability to save money is just phenomenal. Let me explain. Yeah. He had, I was listening to him in an interview and he was saying that when he was, when he was on his, when he was on his grind to save money, when he was stacking his bread, right? He was eating McDonald's in portions. Yeah. Like I'm talking like, uh, I'm talking something as simple as a hamburger, a small order of fries and a Coke and maybe an apple pie, like something to treat him or, or a Sunday or something like to give himself a treat. Right. right. But the way he did it, the way he broke it down into fractions and and as a plan, yeah. I just that to me was just so admirable. And again, this is where I say, yes, we know that a lot of we, we get where the risk of being a street, being a street cat and a hustler. Yes, it, it you're taking penitentiary chances. We know that. Mm-hmm. But behind that, you kind of think. These guys, again, the intelligence of being able to work an operation like that under the scrutiny of 
the law, yeah. right? You got to think about that. Like, and just how they're able to do things in, in a way where they're able to build their, build their businesses, build their brands and their, and their, and just empire and empire. And just pretty much they, they've taken, they've taken entrepreneurship to a totally different level that Warren oh, yeah. Buffett um, and Warren Buffett or the Rockefellers, all those guys, none of them could ever. And let me speak on this shit, dude. I, I really got to say this. To everybody who wants to compare Jeff Bezos rich to Quavo's rich or 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 um Jay-Z's rich to Warren Buffett's rich. Number one, Warren Buffett already told y'all right in front of Jay-Z that he did not have to deal with what Jay-Z dealt with. Nope. And anybody that looks like me did not have to deal that Warren Buffett straight up said he didn't have to deal with that. No. So that tells you right there when you look at the way entrepreneurship is done from that level you're talking about you're talking about being able to get to get it out of the mud yep you and everybody else who's out here thinking that we can't do that now granted i know shout out uh, Alicia uh, Astagio Cortez Senator Alicia Astagio Cortez or is your house of representatives but AOS, she said that, or AOC straight up said that the one thing about becoming a billionaire is that you don't make a billion, you take a billion. Yeah. Right. And in in so many cases, for us as as for us as black people and brown and brown black and brown people who do become hierarchies and who become known hierarchies within the business world. Look you know that's what you have to do. And when you look, listen to a guy like Jeezy and Jay-Z and, and, and we listen to a guy like Hove and, and 50 and those guys, when you listen to them, yo, take he out. And, and, and this is also to you white dudes, to you white brothers and sisters who are in hip hop as well. Take heed to what they're doing. Yep. Because even for you, Warren Buffett could not ever teach you the way that he does, the way that Jay-Z does. Mm -hmm. Because the one thing that, that you're going to be pointed out is this. And Lyndon B. Johnson said this best. Sure. If you're poor and white, you're going to empty your pockets for another rich white man in order to show that you're better than the rich black man. Mm. You're going to have to. Because guys like Colin Coward, he even said this on his talk show. He's not respecting those. He's not respecting the rich white kids. He said it in those words, but he said it in a way where if you got the inheritance and you living in the neighborhood and you got your own crib there, you're 24 years old, he's not going to respect you more than he would with LeBron or even right. a young shot or even a, a young job Moran, even though right. shot getting it, getting in some shit that he shouldn't be getting into. But guess yeah, what? He's young he's, and ignorant though. Yeah. He's yeah. young, yeah, getting caught up in that dumb shit. Right. But needless to say, he's gonna respect that grind there than he is the kid that's gonna get inheritance. So for all you for all you white artists who are out there on the grind, out there getting it like that, hey, learn from the predecessors who you are trying to become. 
You're trying to become a Jay-Z. You're trying to become an Eminem. You're trying to become a Dr. Dre. Yes, you are. So therefore, learn what they're doing. Right. And that's how you can stock your bread too. But yeah, man, you definitely gotta you gotta look at the other people who've already done it, you know. Mm-hmm. And if and if you got adversity stacked against you on top of it, then yeah, you absolutely gotta fucking grind like a motherfucker. And and what you were saying about Jeezy, like he talks about that in his book too, man. You you gotta check it out. Is mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to. Yeah, you got to, man, because in his book, like he talks about how you know, he was just like sleeping in the fucking studio, like mm-hmm. for weeks on end and stuff like that, and never left, and and like all kinds of stuff, and and like he talked about growing up as a kid, he didn't talk much, and everybody thought he was slow. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because like growing up down down in the south where he did in a small country town, poor ass country town, mm-hmm. you know, if if you didn't like move a certain way or whatever, people just thought you were mentally slow, and like right. Like he's he's done way better than anybody in his family ever could have, you know. And he even got fucked over by a lot of people in his family too, man. That that's one thing that he talks about a lot, you know. And uh, but yeah, man, you gotta you gotta figure out another way to get it, you know. Because like mm-hmm. we were talking about, you know, before the show, and, and like I've talked to with somebody about here recently as well too, you know. They're like, you know, when I was talking to somebody earlier uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Earlier today, I was saying, you know, telling them about the podcast and stuff like that. And I, you know, I send the link, stuff like that. And uh, the master link as always. That way it has all the different options for people. Right. And um, and they're like, okay. And I was like, like you got YouTube? I was like, yeah, YouTube, SoundCloud or Spotify, you know, any of that. And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, man, Spotify is cool, but I don't like how they be treating the artists and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, that's why I tell people don't fuck with them. Just use them as a marketing avenue. Yeah. Don't use them as a revenue new source. You know, when you get some revenue off of it, okay, cool. Dude, I saw somebody post up their numbers a little bit ago and they had 75% split, right? So they were getting 75% of the split. They had mm-hmm. 26 million streams on Spotify and they got $55.67. 26 million streams. And that's what they were getting from their study. I thought it was I thought it was like at least if you got at least a million streams, you were getting at least four grand. That's what I thought too. But he posted up his fucking shit, man. Let me find it real quick. But he uh uh yeah, it's it's interesting, man. Two seconds, let me find this here. Because there's a band, Apes of the State, that seven within seven years, they accumulated on distro kid they were had like 57 grand right and see that's what i was thinking too yeah so here we go so here's off of his distro kid i'm not going to mm-hmm. show you that well i mean it's going to show the name in here or whatever but i don't know if you can see no i can't see it at I all can't see all right no. i'll take a screenshot and all right i just sent it to you okay but anyway, so I, I just sent it to KP for those of y'all. I just edited that part out real quick. But but yeah, it says right here, 26 million streams, $55.07. I was wrong, you know. But then he's got another one on here for like 6,000 uh, streams, and it was $6 and stuff. And this is straight off of his uh, his distro kit. He just took a screenshot of it and sent it up and stuff like that. So it's it's really interesting. I don't know if that's 26 million and that's that, – that $55 he's making is only for like this last quarter or something like that. I'm not sure. Cause you got a point there, Ashley. Now that I think about it after I just said that. Yeah. 
you know, it is supposed to be like a few grand off of a million or whatever. So if to get 26 million, you should be having like 10, 15 grand. But either yeah, and way. I think that and I think that is I think that is his total when you look at the 70 is because. And that's a 75 percent split. So he's getting the 75. Yeah, he's getting. Yeah, he's yeah. getting. He's got dude. He got way more than. He's full of shit. If he's the way he's, I'm sorry, he's yeah, right. But he's explaining. But no, no. Here's the thing. It's the way he's explaining it. It's it's because that would be that total not gonna stop. And it's like seventy five percent of splits. Okay. Right. So what he says is the way he titled it. He said. Oh, so all he said was so not to brag or anything, but my song "Not Gonna Stop" has over 26 million plays did my song go viral and nobody told me question mark question mark question mark i what is he trying to say here you sh- yeah somebody even said you should be getting a lot more money from that and he said yep and then somebody else said music companies be like your song has millions and millions of plays internationally here's 50 dollars." and he said yep <laughs> and then uh and then somebody else said just like to, to selectively edit that picture and make it look better than what it is okay. and, and stuff like that. And somebody was like only $50 who uh, they robbing you, whoever you using has but you get, but more wait a money than that. But this and is so. Said, <laughs> All right, go yeah, ahead. I'm and sorry. He, and, then, and then he says right here, like somebody says, you know, they're robbing you, whoever you're using, I've made more than that with just 5,000 streams, no, something not right. And he said, I've made lots more money off songs that got a few thousand plays too, mainly because those came from iTunes or Spotify. This one, though, I can't place exactly where this is being played. It says Facebook slash Instagram, but I don't know what the split is on that. Regardless, these are numbers the mainstream superstars have. So I think what he's saying is is that he thinks that the 26 million is coming off of off of Facebook slash Instagram, which probably pays like nothing, right? Clearly, if that's what he's getting. And then that's through distro kid right there as well, too. And so, you know, that just goes to what that other guy was talking to me. That's a totally different guy right there that posted that. It's mm-hmm. a different they're a different guy I was talking to earlier saying how distro kid and the streaming platforms and stuff be robbing you. And like the, the title of our last uh no two episodes ago where I said mm-hmm. these major labels are fucking stealing from you and shit like that, you know. Right. You know, is is distro kid robbing from you? Possibly. But what the fuck are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, you're gonna use them to your advantage. If he's getting 26 million fucking plays on that song he should be all of his other things should be increasing so somewhere yeah. somewhere along the line someone's fucking him up right yeah. and so and so so whatever the technical issue is of that situation right there he he still has to keep grinding and he is too that's one thing i noticed about him he just keeps going right yeah. and so and so even though okay he just got 55 dollars or whatever that's nothing should mm-hmm. he have gotten more? I don't know, because every platform play, pays different and stuff like that. And like I said, Facebook slash Instagram probably doesn't pay shit. And so they probably just pay like the bare minimum that they legally have to or something like right. that, you know? And, and especially with the issues they have with music, too, that they're, yeah. Yeah, they're they copyright and fringe everything and all that Ugh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and so so he's he's, I mean he's in the same situation that a lot of artists are where they're trying, they're trying to get moving and 
one of the one of the easiest ways to to start getting some money back off of your music is from streaming royalties. Right. But it doesn't pay shit. You know, whether or not this specific instance is 100% on book, either way, Spotify pays 0.003 cents per stream, okay, on average, mm-hmm. right? And then some of the other ones may pay like 0.7 cents or whatever, you know, but none of them pay any more than one penny per stream, okay? They always pay fractions of pennies per stream. And so right. even if you get like, you, you get up to like a million, like you say, you get about a million streams, that's approximately a couple grand. But if you're getting a million streams on your music, you're doing good and you can yeah. you're, you're making money way more than just off of the streams you're not yeah. relying on that and if you are you're you definitely need to hit me up because you are not using your reach properly you really aren't you're not because if you're just only relying on your streaming and let's say you are getting a million streams a month right let's mm-hmm. say francis you're getting a million streams a month all legit right no bots no fake shit 100 and then so you're getting Let's just throw it out there. $3,000 a month, right? Off of that. Okay, cool. You're making $3,000 a month, man. That's like, what, 40 ish thousand dollars a year, somewhere in there. That's pretty dope, man. You can do a lot. And that's your that. money. That's your money. And you can do, well, minus 30% taxes well, from yeah. the government, but fuck them. And then, you know, you can, you can use that to reinvest while you're still working a part-time job or whatever the situation is. But when you take that money, you're getting a million, a million listenings. A million listens to your fucking song. That's, let's just say that's only one stream per person, right? It's probably not. Obviously, you're going to have some people that listen to it 25 times in a month. Some people listen to it one, all that shit. Let's just say it is half a million. You got a half a million people listening to your music. That's a half a million people that if you can get them to fucking stream your song at least once or twice, you should be able to let get them to give you $1. And if you can get a half a million people to give you $1 a year, you got a half a million dollars a year. And that's only getting $1 from one person one time a year. You know what I'm saying? You can do way more than that. And it's not just merch and all that shit. It's just with anything. If you can get half a million people just to donate a dollar to you one time a year during Christmas or whatever, that's half a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? So if you are able to get that many fucking listeners, whether it's a million, whether it's 26 million, whatever the situation is, and you are just sitting there looking at your fucking distro kid or your empire or your Sony orchard or whoever it is, right. That's your distro. And you're looking at it and you're going, you know, uh, United masters, whoever, and you're going 55 bucks. What the fuck? He wasn't doing that. Right. Right. Across to him. He wasn't doing that. He's like, fuck them. I don't give a fuck. I'm doing it anyway. But if you're looking, if you're on the other end of that and you're going, man, I, I did all this work to get a million fucking plays, you know, 26 million plays. And I only get 55 bucks. What the fuck? These people are fucking me. Mm-hmm. No, you're fucking yourself, buddy, because yeah. you are not using you. Okay. If you're getting that many fucking followers, if you're getting that many eyeballs, that many ears, that's a lot of fucking people. You're doing something right. Cause you're getting all that attention. And two, if you're doing the work, you're so right. Shit. Yeah, you need to get that shit because if you can get that many fucking views on, I'm gonna message him now that I think about this. If you can get that many views, whether it's a million or 26 million or however many it is, right? If you yeah. can get thousands of listens organically a month on your music, you can get thousands of listens organically a month on a podcast, and you can make on average at least $25 per episode of your podcast per 1,000 listeners that you have. 
Okay. And then once you reach different thresholds, you know, 10,000 listeners, 20,000, stuff like that, you can make more money off of that. And that's per one ad read. So let's think about this. You have a podcast like music making sense podcast does, right? You have a podcast and you have one ad read and you get 1000 listeners, right? You can get $25 for that episode. However, yeah. if you listen to any podcast, you're going to know they got way more than one ad read. So it's $25 per ad read per 1000 listeners that you get on average whenever you rock with these people and stuff like that and you get, you know, you run these ads and stuff like that with people. Mm-hmm. You can make way more than $55 a month. Yeah. Way more than $55 a day off of that shit because you can do one podcast a week about anything that you want to do. Anything non like I recommend non music, right? Yeah. I recommend it, every artist start a podcast and every artist talk about non music. And I personally recommend non divisive topics, but to each their own, right? If you want to talk about yeah. politics, religion, and fucking race relations, go for it. But those are highly divisive. You know, you get what you ask. Unfortunately, for. yeah, it yeah. is. You know what I'm saying? But you get what you ask for when you talk about yeah. any of that shit, like any or all of it. If you want to combine all of it, you're really going to get some shit, right? Yeah, you are. You're going to get some shit from all the people, right? But if you just want to talk about shoes or you want to talk about music history or you want to talk about baseball or whatever the fuck it is that you're into, right? Fashion. Fashion, whatever, right? You want to talk about, you know, your podcast talks about what KP's wearing and how he's wearing that vest and he should have all three of the buttons buttoned instead of only two or whatever the fuck the situation is. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> whatever y'all want to talk about That's on so your podcast. funny I do that too. <laughs> I, do that. I do that at work so much it's so funny I'll be like hey, no unbutton that bottom one <laughs> it's so funny you say that yo that was just off the top too I don't that's just off the top it. yeah it was I mean, I'm rocking I'm rocking t-shirts all the damn time I don't wear no fucking vest and button up shit man I don't I know, it's cr- isn't that crazy he's the I'm the metal head he's the one rocking the badass shirts all the time <laughs> yeah man the only thing that I wear that has buttons on it are my fucking jeans they got the top button. That's, the one button. that's it <laughs> that's it I don't have any shirts that have buttons man like I don't have any jackets that got buttons. They all got zippers and shit, or they're hoodie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't have like I got a fucking winter coat. I got an army jacket. They all got zippers. You know, what wow. I'm that's crazy. Yeah, I, don't, I have no button up shit, man. I'm not trying to impress anybody. Like <laughs> Mr. KP over here, fucking, <laughs> fle- flexing the drum socks at the bus stop and shit, man. <laughs> hey man, hey, it's crazy. Hey, it's all good. Do what you got to hey. do. Man. You live, you live in a big city, so riding the bus ain't like no dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It is what it is. You live in the big city. Parking space is probably like more than your rent. So fuck mm-hmm. it, right? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, why pay for a parking space? This is more than your rent. When you can just pay the rent and just fucking get on the bus. Fuck it. Yeah. You know, walk, ride a bike, ride a bike, get an electric scooter, whatever the fuck, you know? Yeah. But but like, you know, I, I, I keep talking to artists about this all the time. You know, anytime I see somebody post some stuff like that, I'm gonna reach out to this guy and, and talk to him about that. You know, but every time I see artists talking about, you know, streams this, distro kid, you know, people stealing from me, that everything like that. I'm like, yo, you can make so much more money just having a podcast. Yeah, it may take a while to get up and running because tell you the truth, as of filming this episode right here, right now, here at Music Making Sense Podcast, we are not getting a thousand listeners a month. We are not mm-hmm. monetized, nothing like that at this moment. But it's not like we're not going to. It's not like we don't know the plan. We don't know the path to do it. We're working on the outreach. We're working on the awareness portion, which is and we're building. Saying. We're building subscribers as we yeah. like. I've just noticed, like, was just looking like. And the thing is, like, I'm proud to see that we got 
we went up to 22 subscribers now. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that we're going to keep building because we have a lot of, because we got a lot of material. We got a lot of content to create, mm-hmm. to cover. Right. Yeah. So with that, you guys are going to definitely, there's definitely going to be an increase of, fo- of subscribership and followers and listeners for us because of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So that's why like for you guys, and just to kind of, just to piggyback on what Hark's saying y'all is that when you look at the way doing a pod, when you're doing a podcast, you can see how if you have someone to engage with, or if you're just one of those people who are solo and you can just really engage within your own realm around with people out there who you are assuming that are watching, Mm -hmm. you can see how, how much of a difference you can make by being able to communicate these things, communicating stuff that a lot of people don't talk about or things that you feel like, that you that you're great that you love talking about or that you love talking about right so that's one of the beautiful things about having a podcast is being able to get out here and discuss topics that a lot of people don't don't talk about or things that you really want to talk about that you see that are trending yeah exactly and you can talk about whatever you want and if you have a passion for it you can talk all day yeah you know that that's one of the things like about me for instance you know any of y'all listening right now if you go back a couple episodes when i rocked it solo or whatever i just went you know (laughs) like no script nobody Mm -hmm. bouncing ideas off me because when me and kp are going we bounce off each other and it's a lot smoother okay It's so much smoother because I'm sitting here jabbing at my jaws and then all of a sudden he thinks of something like he just did. Boom. And then we just bounce off each other like that. It works mm-hmm. out dope. But even if you just rock it solo or whatever, like I did with my last podcast for four years, you know, mm-hmm. whenever I went solo, no guests, no nothing, no co-host, nothing like that. Just me talking in between tracks about whatever. If you got a passion for something, you can talk about it all day because I I can literally talk about anything all day because I have so many different passions. Mm-hmm. So, but and I had my you, own podcast too, and I was yeah. doing the same thing. It just that flow, just yeah, you start talking, you just go. You just, but it's just so much yeah. funner having a. It, it, it's just a lot funner having a partner though. Yeah, but, and then I mean, but then and then also the conversation gets so much deeper too when you're talking right. to somebody else as opposed to just talking about yourself. Because when you're talking about yourself. You're only bouncing off of your own internal dialogue, mm-hmm. you know, but when you're going off somebody else now, you know, whenever I'm speaking, I'm bouncing my shit off of KP who has totally different life experience and, and thoughts on things and the way he processes things than what I do and vice versa and shit. So you all can do that too. And plus you're also, like I always say too, you're going to be showcasing different aspects and different elements of yourself yeah. as opposed to just music only and whatever you portray out in your music you know if you're if you're creative enough to come up with good music and make it sound dope and you're come up and you're creative enough even on top of that to come mm-hmm. up with with marketing strategies and stuff like that and trying to get that shit out there yeah you're creative enough to to talk about something else that you have a passion in you know mm-hmm. and and just keep rocking you know because you know like i said you know as of filming this right now we're not where we want to be, but we know where we need to go. We know what we need to do, and we're working towards it every single day. We're in the awareness portion, which is where every single one of y'all need to be in, too, with your music. You need to focus on awareness first. Give that shit out there for free. Be like Young Jeezy, metaphorically, okay? Eric Thomas and, even said that, too. Mm-hmm. E.T. Yeah, he's yep, spoken yeah, about, Eric he's Thomas, spoken about yeah. that. Yeah, 
that motherfucker, he was homeless when he started doing his fucking motivational speeches and shit like that and public Mm -hmm. speaking and stuff like that. And now he's not homeless. Let's just say that. And, and, and he just was going out there doing speeches for damn near free at first Mm -hmm. to get his name out there and just getting it going. You know what I'm saying? But so many people want to fucking, they, they want that, they want that instant hit right back, you know? Just like whenever you make a controversial post online and all of a sudden you get those likes back. That's an instant hit. People think that it's going to work like that too with your music whenever, oh, I just put X amount of dollars into this fucking track in this video or whatever. I need to get that right back. No, it doesn't work like that. It's no. not that kind of shit, man. It's it's a long-term investment that you don't seek the return on for fucking sometimes years in the future. You know, and, and and it's not it's not a quick flip. It's not day trading. You know, if you want to use the stock metaphor, it's not day trading. It's those long 10 year bonds. You know, what I'm right. Saying? That's and what even, music is. And even if you do. And the thing is, like, and here's a funny thing you just you just touched on. If you do go, if you 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 create that first video that goes viral, right? Your very first video that goes viral. What are you going to do after that? Because here's the thing. You forget that once it goes viral, that's when it really, that's when the work really begins. Because now you got to follow up. Yes, you got to follow up. You got to follow up. And if not, you're a one-hit wonder. like Exactly. Or (laughs) Mims or, I mean, we could go, we could go down the line, span down ballet and I mean. (laughs) Yeah, all kinds of We could go down the line. I got one right here. Cassius. Cassius, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that EP right there. Uh, I can't remember the name off it. I don't have my glasses. I can't read it. But Cassius, he signed for fucking Shady Records. Shady Records, that's right. And came out with this album that was all GD shit. Like, it was all Mm -hmm. GD. Like, 7, 4, 14, everything. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, then nothing else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he didn't even really make a... He didn't really make a huge buzz. You know what I'm saying? He nope. did a little bit. I've seen his name floating around here and there and stuff like that, but nothing like whatever when he came out with that album. You know, Shady really pushed him with that. You know, yeah, but you know, shit's always shady around Shady, except for Shady <laughs> shit. You know, and, uh, <laughs> but, but you know, Whoa! <laughs> I'm going like Molly Quarum on um ESPN when she heard Shannon Sharp say uh Dak talk about Dak's uh Dak Prescott's interceptions against I think it was um oh, I forgot which team it was, but it was re- a pretty recent game. I think not was it Arizona or um it was one I think it was the second game they lost, but he said Dak Prescott in the words of Mari Povich, you are the father of those three interceptions. <laughs> and, and, and Molly Cora went, Whoa, Shannon. Yeah. Hey, that, that is true. I mean, if you cause those interceptions, you're the father. Yeah, you're the father. Yeah, that's a hell of a way to fucking say it. Man. I know it's so funny. You gotta watch it. It was yeah. funny. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, yeah. Bottom line is, yeah, y'all, fuck it. <laughs> if this your kid is stealing from you, what? The, fuck it. Let them fucking nothing steal. You can do for nothing. You can do about it. I was just sitting there thinking about that today too, bro. When you said that, like we when when we when yeah. we were having our after we had the difficulties and we had to just kind of get things together, right. um, dude. I, I I was so it was so weird you say that because I was sitting there thinking about that like 
man, okay, what are you going to do about it? Like, cause I was just, I was even thinking in my about when I put out, when I put out Sonic Chaos, right? Right. And when I really put in the work of, of promoting it organically, really proud of the fact that at the end of the year when Spotify came up and did the little um, showcases of it and stuff like that, the year review and stuff, I was so happy that like, yeah, it was like 4,000. I made like 26 bucks off of it, right? Right. But it was like, the thing was that for me was, yes, I was fucking proud of that because this is an out, this is the type of music that you just don't, I'm not I'm not expecting to get the numbers that Harkos could could possibly could get if he really promoted his music. Why? Because you're a rap artist, right? Right. Yeah, but for yeah, me yeah. being and going into free jazz noise and extreme metal with a making that a hybrid and to be able to push it to where it's four thousand people listening. Yeah, that's very that's eclectic. good. That is. Yeah. Right. And it was just like, and what and I realized I was like, dude, it just take that's why I don't complain about the numbers now because it's like look if i'm not putting the effort into it then that's the result i'm gonna get yeah and I'm- and and you know what I, i'll say it right now so i one of the the voices in my head that always starts speaking whenever i get up here on the podcast and saying stuff or whenever mm-hmm. i'm chopping up clips or whenever i'm trying to reach out to artists and and tell them you know tips and tricks on what they should do to help get their career going one Mm -hmm. of the demons that always speaks in the back of my head is yo harcos you ain't doing that and i have that demon in the back of my head that's always speaking up because i just anticipate other people saying that to me oh well if it's if you know what you're doing so well why don't you do it for yourself and you know i always tell myself and tell the theoretical person that says that to me who nobody has yet but mm-hmm. the theoretical person in my head that says that to me well if you know what the fuck to do why haven't you done it for yourself why aren't you making all kinds of money off your own music blah 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 and i sit there and say because i for years my main focus has been trying to help other artists right that's why i do free features Mm-hmm. I don't ask for shit. They they give me splits. Okay, cool. Give me splits. I don't give a fuck. I'm not asking for any money up front. Nothing like that. I mean, fuck, right. man. I I mean, I I work with an artist in the UK named K Souls, right? Mm-hmm. And we got we got two different fucking tracks that we put out this year, and I edited and put together the music video for free for the thing, and sent in my shit and everything like that just to work with him. Right. But here's the thing. But here's the kicker, though, too. Mm-hmm. You have made money. I even say, okay, I made $26 from doing that promotion off of because I was really pushing the Spotify and, and, and the um streaming platform at the moment because I wanted to just get the music out there publicly, knowing right. that that people would listen, I would have a greater chance of people listening to it on Spotify or online, right? So the thing is this. You have made money here. You just need now. It's like, okay, you know what to do. That's the difference. It's an experiment. See what we do as music marketers is our main job. When we're coming on here to the podcast is not to sit here and just brag about how much we've made and what, you know what I'm saying, and show y'all these numbers and things like that, right? We are going to get to show you guys numbers. We are, once we start really getting things established, right? Right. But the thing is, and when I say established means like 
you, we start seeing our own, we start seeing a steady flow of income for us to where, like once we start giving, like doing ads for the podcast, we're going to be able to show you guys on the whiteboard how we're able, what the type of, how much money we put into the ad, how we got the clicks per rates, all those things, how we're, how we're, how we were able to utilize content around the, around the ad in order to push it. How we're, if you use an affiliate, how we using our affiliate marketing um, commercials to push our podcast as well and how we're utilizing brand awareness. See, the thing is that we're putting it together as we're speaking as a podcast, but as Joe Rogan said, we're doing it now, so shut the fuck up, because number one, we are putting, that's not you, but I'm just saying right. that we, we're doing it now because when you look at how, what we're doing, we're growing. I, I said, we've grown, we've already put it, we've already grown about, I think, five to seven, at least five to seven subscribers within the week, within a week, right? Yeah. Within, well, and, and see the see the thing is, is that, you know, when I started making music back in the early 2000s, mm -hmm. I wanted to make it because I want to make music because I enjoy it. Right. I've always been about that. I like music. I want to make music. I enjoy it. And yes, I would love to make enough money to live comfortably off of it. And but and the thing is, is that whenever in 2017, Whenever I started my radio show style podcast called Hip Hop Hour, the whole podcast premise was me play playing and showcasing other artists, other artists. Music and trying to help promote them. And I did it for free. I didn't charge them a single fucking thing. And for four years, mm -hmm. I had a podcast where I went one or two and sometimes three times a week with hour-long podcasts that I put out on all the streaming platforms that I paid for the $20 a month to get it up on all the platforms. Right. I did all the video editing. I took those uh, tons of hours learning off of YouTube how to fucking edit video just to put it out for a podcast. And I've, you know, since then I started making my own music again and stuff like that because I love it. Mm -hmm. And I started doing it and everything like that, mainly for me. But throughout the whole thing, I was like, I was always learning. I still always am learning. Okay. If I want to make money off of this, how do I do it? And I learn how to do it. And then yeah. I'm like, okay, if I want to do this, this, this. So I've learned how to do all the stuff. Mm -hmm. I've tested and played around with some of the stuff as well, too. However, I'm I'm however, in order for me to have the lifestyle to where I can put in on myself, I need to first help other people and show them the value of the knowledge that I have and help them grow to where they are in that position first. Mm -hmm. Because, because in order to help yourself, you have to help others. Yeah. And if you solve help a problem. others, yeah, if you can solve a problem for somebody else and you can show them the value in you, and then they give you the monetary value for your time, your knowledge, and your expertise. Mm -hmm. Then, and I'm able to help them. Yeah. I'll feel so much better helping a hundred people a month for $50 a month or whatever the situation is. I'll feel so much better doing that than I would 
you know, and making $5,000 off of that a month than I would making $5,000 a month off me, me, me. Right. You know what I'm saying? And music and so, can be so, selfish like that, especially if you're a solo artist. Yeah, it definitely can. But see, at the same time, I mean, that's that's what it is. If you want to mm -hmm. make it in music and you want to make money off your music enough to live, you need to be slanging your music. You need to be the number one promoter of your music, the number one promoter of your brand, the number one promoter of everything you in the world. Yeah. Right? And you need to grow your you to a point to where people are giving you money for your you. Right. If you don't wear a suit, you need to be a suit. Like, you know exactly. what I'm saying? In your mind, you need to become exactly. that suit. Yeah, exactly. But but for me, that just that just doesn't sit right for me, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I grew up an only child. Yeah, I don't play well with others. That's very, very high tendencies of a selfish person, right? And I want my life the way I want it, and I don't take any fucking excuses either Either way. I figure it out, and I create my life the way I want it, and I live by my rules as much as I can, right? That's yeah. a highly selfish personality. However, I see more value in helping others than I do helping myself because I know that by helping other people, I will in turn be helping myself, not only monetarily through, you know, charging them for my services and stuff like that, but also, but also I will be helping myself create the lifestyle that I want. And then I can keep creating my music and putting my music out there. And, and through my music, I put out knowledge too. If none of y'all have checked out my debut EP that I released last year that I barely promoted really called hip hop revolution go check it out put you need to put right it in our delete our yeah in our link. i'll put it here hiphoprevolution.net is the website okay 100 yeah. free downloads on the fucking website there's some shirts and shit like that if you want to buy it too but you can go check out the music videos i put for it as well too on the fucking thing right here i'll edit in a fucking you know screenshot of the fucking thing but you can go check it out the lyrics on that fucking thing it is on point Especially the 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 track that I got called Venom. I'm sitting there talking about all the shit that's wrong in our fucking society and our culture and stuff like that. Especially in the hip hop realm, with mm -hmm. with people who uh you know will not have enough money to feed their fucking kids, but for damn sure they're looking fresh to death when they walk out the house. You know shit like that. You know people who fucking be you know smoking their brains out and sitting on the couch not accomplishing anything but think they're doing something with their life people who fucking you know sling a couple hundred dollars worth of drugs in a fucking month thinking they're big time and shit like that you know all the dumbass bullshit i'm calling that shit out i'm talking about how people need to stand up for themselves they need to take control of their own lives they need to stop being pushed around by other people they need to stop being dictated to by other people they need to do what the fuck they need to do i put some real message in my shit because this is the shit that i believe in and so yeah i can put that on my music yeah i can fucking blast the music videos everywhere and the music everywhere and i can be doing all these promotional runs i can go do tours and stuff like that but how much is that really going to change people people enjoying my music yeah that's going to touch a few people and change a few people but i'm going to be able to influence so many more people and help so many more people change their lives by just working with them one-on-one -on -one and helping them navigate this fucking soup of life better 
than they're currently doing and helping them create something better and more sustainable for themselves and their family and whatever the fuck else they got going on with their lives. So anytime I have that demon in the back of my head sitting there saying, anytime I'm reaching out to somebody, I'm just waiting on somebody to say, oh, well, your numbers ain't shit. Why would I fucking pay you to get my numbers up when you can't even get your own numbers up? I never heard that from somebody yet, but I hear that in my own head, right? Because I'm my own worst enemy. And I sit there and say, Holla at me for 30 minutes on a fucking call. Yeah. There you go. And then let's see what's going on. Check out one of the music video reviews I've already fucking done. Listen to one of the fucking 16 episodes as of this one of Music Making Sense Podcast where me and KP have been dropping fucking knowledge 100% for free for y'all. Great. You know what I'm saying? Gems. Okay. And then tell me why you should not pay me $100 a month for four consultation calls. 30 minutes a piece for me to help you guide your con- your creative consultation. And then, and here's another kicker, guys. This man and I and, my, and myself, we have invested thousands of dollars into learning this very skill that we've learned. That we're, we're, we're And not to mention to all the time. And the like, time. Like I just said in-, in I mean, you last... already, but here's the thing, you right. already mentioned the time. I don't yeah. think we've, I don't think you, truthfully, Throughout our, you have not stressed the money that we have put into this shit because right. we well, have that's because, because I put way more time in than right. I put no, money. I get, no, I that, agree. That's one I agree thing with that, that I've always one thing that I've always had. Even though I don't have a lot of time, I always have more time than money. Right. And so even though I've thrown you know a few grand here and there over the last few years on stuff, <laughs> mostly through payment plans. Just let me be real. Um, but just because I've but thrown most it out people there, won't do that. But here's the no, most people won't even won't do that. Even do that. Exactly. Exactly. Won't even do that. But all the hours, just like I said on the last episode, I fucking fell asleep while while editing the last episode in my chair in my office. This one right here, I'm sitting in right here. I fell. And that's not a comfortable looking chair. That's not one of those. That's not one of those fucking gaming chairs. No, it's like. (laughs) I'm gonna get one though. But it's like it's just a standard office chair that the Mm -hmm. seats wore out, and I got another cushion on top of. Right. (laughs) Um, Right. Here, you know what I'm saying? Here, look. This. Is an outdoor cushion that I put on top of my fucking chair <laughs> because the cushion that's already on this four-year-old chair is wore the fuck out from me sitting in it for so many fucking hours here at this computer learning shit, teaching mm-hmm. myself how to fucking edit video based off of tutorials on YouTube, me just playing around with shit and just experimenting, me fucking learn, teaching myself how to fucking create websites, me teaching myself how to edit, like I said, edit video, me teaching myself uh everything me taking Mas- these and stuff like that mastering yeah mastering music and i mean god stuff. dude yeah all this stuff yeah well i don't master my mix and master my own music but i've yeah. created it i record myself i taught myself how to record myself mm-hmm. and then i send it out for mix and mastering because that's some extra time and knowledge i don't right. want to put my mind into but you dude know, just could, the idea I of this- i wanted to right but it's just, man, we just thinking about it from a creative aspect and just from a yeah. from a work aspect, guys, like from labor skills, trade skills and labor aspect, labor aspect, dude, this is a lot of work. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of and work. So, and so you can skip past all of that work doing it yourself if you want to. But you're going to have to pay somebody to fucking do it. And yeah. just because I'm not putting it into work in my personal music, well, look at what I've done. I've shifted my content and my time that I do spend on content creation and editing and everything like that from my personal music to music making podcast. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm doing the the one episode a week. I'm doing a music video or a music review a couple times a week on average. I'm yeah. editing the videos for that shit, shooting the videos for that shit, doing the promotion. I've been reaching out to people with other podcasts and been starting to do some networking on trying to get, you know, them on here, us on there, stuff like that. Try to do cross promotion. I've been starting to, I've been reaching out to other artists and producers and especially producers. One thing I've been doing here lately is mm -hmm. reaching out to other producers and being like, Hey, you know, Hey, how's it going? You know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I show general interest in their stuff, right? I see their stuff come across my feed and I talk right. to them. I ask them some questions or whatever. And I'm like, Hey, just want to let you know, like, I'm not trying to sell you shit, but you should go check out this music video, music marketing review I did for this other producer. Go check it out and and then just hit me back. Let me know what you thought about it. Let me know if you got any like how how it if it spurred any ideas in your head. You know right. what I'm saying? And I've sent it to a couple of people and they came both of them came back to me. Yo, dude, man, there's some stuff in there I never even thought of. Yo, man, that's some fucking solid shit right there. That's dope right there. I'm gonna take and apply some of it myself and everything like that. Like, that's that's what I do. That's what I want to do. Like, that's that's what I love because, yeah, I just built a relationship with this person. Yeah, I have a self interested, you know, point of view in it where I want to eventually bring them on as a client, start getting some income off of them. But if I can just send them the link to the fucking something I've already done and they get value out of that, mm -hmm. dude, I've already helped them more than how they've helped me financially. Yeah. Because my, the YouTube's not monetized. You know what I'm saying? No, I spent not time yet anyway. No, I spent time and effort. I spend, you know, to create the content. I yeah. spend the money for Premiere Pro, the whole Adobe suite to edit the fucking shit. Yeah, mm -hmm. I can use free software, but I, I like Adobe. So I spend that $90 a month. It's fucking outrageous, but I spend it. Fuck it. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I, I see the benefit to doing it because mm -hmm. I like the whole Adobe suite. And so I just spin it because I use I use Acrobat, you know, PDF reader. I use Photoshop. I use, you know, Premiere Pro and After Effects. And yeah, I can use all different other free stuff instead of that. But I got everything all in one place and it's transferable. It's 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 worth it to me. But, right. you know, I put all of that in and send it to that producer and he got value out of it. And now he's going to start implementing some changes in his own life, in his own career with music to start marketing his beats better. Mm -hmm. And he paid me nothing for it. He, 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 he took some time to get the information from me for free and I've just helped him. Yeah. You know, just like, just like the people I've done the music marketing reviews for, they paid me $0 for that. You know, that's, you know, last episode we talked about the what if demon. Mm -hmm. and 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 the what if demon is real and, and you kp you have that demon pretty hardcore from you know what we were talking about last episode and you know yeah. it is what it is no no shots taken no but, and but it's the truth and right, I mean, yeah no it's it myself right <laughs> right yeah it's that yeah it's absolutely the truth but but for me you know i have that other demon of you know what people are gonna think demon and I've always had that. Like I've said in previous episodes, like, you know, whenever I was younger, bumping my music in my stereo and shit, whenever I got into town or neighborhood and towns or neighborhood, I'd turn the fucking radio down because I didn't want people looking at me. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though I had paid $4,000 for a fucking badass car audio system, whenever I was in towns or neighborhood, I turned that shit down because I didn't want people looking at me. Like, 
that's kind of counterproductive, right? You know, I got fucking 19-inch chrome rims on my fucking car with blue underglow and a fucking $4,000 sound system, and I turn my music down whenever I'm in fucking towns and shit like that because I don't want people looking at me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because... Yeah, I'm just call it what it is with self confidence, whatever the fuck it is. You know, I got I got that demon in the back of my head saying like, well, you're not doing it for yourself. Why would somebody pay you to do it? You know, and, and you know, a lot of you artists listening right now, if you're still listening after this rambling that we've been on for over an hour, you know, you may be having a lot of these same things going on in your head. You may be sitting there thinking. Yeah, I just created this dope track, but why would somebody want to listen to this track versus Drake? Yeah. Or or versus Nine Inch Nails? Why would they want to listen to my fucking band's music over Nine Inch Nails? Why would they want to listen to me singing, you know, as a female artist? Why would they want to listen to me singing versus Celine Dion or versus Nicki Minaj or versus Beyonce? Why would they want to do that? Well, it's because you have something different to offer. Hopefully. As long as you're not a cookie cutter imitation, you got something different to offer. And at my current job that I work to make my income, I work with two college kids. They're both 19. Yeah. And the other day I was at work and we were all just kind of like shooting the shit talking or whatever. And they were talking, they all of a sudden started talking about music or whatever. Right. And I just happened to say something off the top of my head because my kids are 15. Those guys are 19. Same generation, right? And I happened to say off the top of my head, I was like, man, y'all Generation Z people, man, you don't even like none of the new shit. You guys like all the old shit. And, I mean, that's cool because a lot of the old shit, especially like 90s rock and everything like that, was dope. And and the one of the guys goes, yeah, we don't like the new shit because it sucks. <laughs> and and this 19 year old kid saying he don't like any of the new music like in his generation in total like most of the college that he's at they don't like none of the new shit that's why they're rocking mom jeans and you know 90s band t-shirts and they're listening to led zeppelin and you know they're listening to all this old shit they're watching these old movies they're everything old nothing new right with this gen z people right uh, like yeah they hop on tiktok and stuff like that but but when they enjoy stuff they enjoy old shit you know what i'm saying like my my 15 year old kid he comes in here on my wall and just picks a different fucking album and then fucking pops it on his youtube and goes and listens to it for like a week or whatever on his own i don't make him do shit he just comes in here i want to find something different to listen to and he goes and listens to it and then he comes back to me oh i like this track right here oh i like this right here or whatever like they like the old shit because the new shit sucks why does the new shit suck because it's all cookie cutter fake everything like that like i just saw somebody post something about the new city girls album is set to do six thousand sales in the first week right <laughs> because that shit's empty. That shit's void of anything real. So if you are an artist and you're sitting there asking yourself, why would somebody want to listen to me versus Nicki Minaj? Why would somebody want to listen to me versus Drake? Why would somebody listen to me versus Nine Inch Nails? Or not Nine Inch Nails. Let's say, uh, name one brand, brand new, brand new hot band. Uh, Lorna Shore. Okay. Why would somebody want to listen to my band versus them? Because you're not the same old bullshit. You're different. You're unique. You're eclectic. Like KP is eclectic as a motherfucker. You know, you know, he's dressed up with a suit with a fucking with a fucking drum set in the back with an RBG flag on the fucking side. <laughs> right. And he's got a mohawk with a fucking nose ring and shit. Like, you don't know what the fuck's going on with this guy, right? And tattoo on the forehead. I know a lot of y'all like nigga, I can't stand you for it. I I I I, I get it, but yeah. all that. Yeah. All that. 
<laughs> but but there's so much more value in being unique. Yeah. And so if you can showcase that through your music and through a podcast, you're going to grow the reach of your fan base so much more. And you're going to have so much more fun doing it. You're not going to sell out. You're not going to be doing a lot of shit you don't want to do. You're not going to be going and doing these placating-ass interviews at Hot 97 where they don't even know the who the fuck you are, but they got you in there because you just paid them $3,000 for an interview. They don't, You're not going to have to fucking do these bullshit-ass shows that you want don't want to do. You yeah. can do what you want, when you want, on your terms with who you want. That's the lifestyle that we all need to have. And that's the lifestyle we can all work towards together. And you know something too, bro? Like I was just listening. If you have a shout out to Curtis King. And um, today I was watching a little bit of his uh, cast, watching a little bit of video he watched, he uh, created today. And it was uh, Juicy J doing a little, uh, he was talking with Juicy, it was with Juicy J and Wallow. And Juicy J had made the comment that talking about how rap sales are down 40% and how much of a problem it is. But then Wallow's like, he totally disagrees because he's like, what's starting to happen is, and it's, and it, you, you just pointed out what's happening is that young people are wanting realness. That's why La Russell yeah. starting to blow up because he's that young rapper who's, rapping in his who's create who start who's doing shows in his backyard and he's talking about he's spitting about real shit right and he's talking about things that you feel he's touching your feelings he's touching those emotions and what's starting to happen is that these young people are tired of listening to murder music they're tired of vibing the niggas just talking about shooting and killing and 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 ops and all this stuff and xanax and they're tired of listening to it and they want something they can feel yep and that's why yeah. when you talk about like that's why when you look at like special ed he had to bring it up. And I mean, I know people got upset with him. So like corrupt and, and um, Das, they got upset with him. But when he made the statement that NWA was really the catapult on the callus to why a lot of rap is where it's today with drill and trap and stuff, because after when after Cube left, even during the time when Cube was there, yes, they had the songs like a fuck the police, but they also had um um what was it? Um gangsta gangsta. Yeah. When they talk about she was like with six niggas in the car, you crazy. She got scared and it was showing we all said fuck you, bitch, and kept going. It's like, look, you built that mindset up for okay, if be if you if you don't want to talk to me, then fuck you, bitch. We you built that aggression. Yeah. It's an example, but he he brought that up. And now what's starting to happen is that also Big Daddy Kane has been has been talking about teeth about how we we taught them a lot of things, but now we need to reteach things. And that's what's happening. Our younger audience, our younger people are saying, like, even my daughter's 26 and and pace, my youngest is eight. They listen to a lot of music that's that's back in, that's like, you know, early 2000s and, and back then as well. My daughter, my youngest sings Nightwish, right? I mean, she's singing this. And, and you got to think about it, too. Like, you know, you're talking about all this drill and everything like that. You know, 
out of Chicago, for instance, mm -hmm. you have hundreds and hundreds of fucking drill rappers. And then Mick Jenkins comes out of nowhere telling people to fucking drink water and fucking, you know, be healthy and fucking, you know, he his biggest catchphrase is fucking ginger ale and the champagne flute and stuff like that. And he's talking about real shit, but he's not talking about robbing and killing. He's talking about how that shit's fucked up. Mm -hmm. And he's bigger coming out of Chicago than any of the motherfuckers. Because he's like, because think about what Kanye did. Think about Common. Think yeah. about those brothers from Chicago, Twister, right? Yep. They were talking they were about something. They're different. That's why with Eminem, like, that's why a lot of them, they love him because he's different. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I mean, even Twister with his, with his track American Gangster off his Category F5 mm -hmm. album, in that, he was talking about, like, it was a big throw up to the city of Chicago. You know what I'm saying? But he also was talking about, we can come together. Yeah. We need to be fighting over this shit. You know, all that stuff, which probably not going to happen. People are tribal motherfuckers. It is what it right. is. That's just, but, yeah. but, but yeah, I get what you're saying, man. It's like, yeah, that tone was set, but mm -hmm. the more people keep seeing all these three letter acronyms in front of a word artists coming out of drill in New York or Chicago or wherever the fuck they're coming out of, they're coming out, they start getting a buzz, and then they get shot because they're because drill is street shit on record to a level that has never been seen before. Like they will be like, My name is so and so. I just shot so and so yesterday. And if anybody got a problem with it, I'm at this address. And then people pull up at that address because they're listening to his fucking latest track. And then then shit's on. You know what I'm saying? So like they have it's like you said it's escalated so much that when people see that they're not even interested in it no more they're like no give me the fuck away from that i'm tired of seeing everybody getting shot and dying over dumb shit cuz they're not even getting shot and dying over over their blocks respect or their neighborhoods respect they're not getting shot over drug money they're yep. getting shot over a dumbass fucking bar in a rap track yeah they're getting shot off of a one-line diss that somebody shot at somebody else on social media. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so petty now. You know what I'm saying? When when Tukey and uh, What's-His-Face from the Bloods were going at it and stuff like that, it was about the whole community. You know what I'm saying? That's why they were going at it back then and stuff like that. But at the same time, but here's the thing, again, and especially I point this out, hmm. when you really think about it, like, I was just listening, like, Snoop Dogg was trying to say, oh, Tookie shouldn't be, he should be, he shouldn't be treated the way Marilyn Man. he, you know, he was, he, trying to make it like Marilyn Manson was worse than him, but it was like, a friend. You mean, you mean, you mean no, not Marilyn Manson. I mean, uh, Charles Manson, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, he was saying, like, but a friend of mine pointed out, but yeah, uh, Charles Manson didn't do the murder. Right. And he made a point. I'm like, yeah, Tukey straight up murdered somebody. And here's yeah. the we the problem in hip hop, and I'm and I'm and I have to say this too, is that Tukey was doing a lot more than Manson was doing well, well, at the same time. Exactly. But yeah. he, so I'm saying, see. I mean, he had a lot bigger reach. Manson just had his little groupies, you exactly. know what I'm saying? And there's the whole, you know, with CIA involved. Besides that, he was operating in a small bubble, right? Completely like, had a much bigger had a bubble. Much wider, had a much wider, way yeah. broader, a broader way uh, impact, right? And the yeah. thing is that I feel like with, with, with hip-hop, what 
we what a lot of my brothers and sisters need to understand in hip hop is that when you took when when hip hop became center stage, it was going to take on the world in a way that rock, metal, punk, jazz, hip, um, R and B, or any other genre was not going to be was not going to take it because you got to think about hip hop wasn't when you really think about hip hop. The history of hip hop, yeah, it did start off with mainly black coach, black dudes rapping, but Coogee Rap even said this best, that it was all cultures in New York because when you look at way, the way New York was, it was Puerto Ricans, there were Latinos, there were white dudes and dude, being DJs. You had Rick Rubin who became a huge found, who became a huge pioneer in hip hop. Right. Yeah. So it's like you have and that's because he thought different. See, yeah. That's the thing is that Rick Rubin, he got to where he was not because he was the next kiss ass is because he thought way outside the box. Like, oh, yeah. fuck a box. Right. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. But then but you also listen to the music. You think about Blondie, how Blondie became part of it with Rapture, how punk even had this aesthetic and just the way hippie, the, the samples and things like that, the musicians and artists that were being sampled. I mean, artists from all races and cultures were being yeah. sampled. So hip hop always had a worldwide appeal. Yeah, and that's exactly what what the whole hip hop nation movement was about, where they're recognized as a nation by the UN, where it was all about, hey, the, you know, hip hop is a global culture. You know, and you see that all the time. I was just talking like that person I was talking to the day about, you know, all the stuff we mentioned here today, mm -hmm. me, all the stuff we mentioned here today as well, too. You know, he does boom bap music, right? He's from New York and shit like that. And I was like, yo, I, I got a soft spot for that shit, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and I was I, I mentioned offhand, I was like, man, the UK goes crazy for fucking boom bap right now. And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, my main producer lives in the UK, right? And he's like, yeah. He And he said that... uh. He said that the, the, the U.S. fell off. I said, with Boom Bap, yeah. And we were talking about the same shit that me and you were just talking about, you know. And, and that's the thing is that, you know, people in the U.K. who have no connection with anything American, right? Mm -hmm. they, just, they just see it from, you know, way over there type of thing. Oh. They have such a deep connection with the whole culture with all the five elements of hip-hop and everything like that at such a deeper level than most people in america do nowadays because you know things have gotten so watered down corporatized and bastardized with the mainstream and everything like that and you know yeah i got some of these motherfuckers up here too that have fucking you know went went one way you know pitbull right here right that motherfucker does nothing for any culture at all right you know what i'm saying but that was the first album that he came out with and that was actually cool you know he had kulo oh, up in there, toma and stuff like that, that? Deep. okay now here's the thing you're saying that didn't do anything for the culture but Mm -hmm. mainstream music mainstream hip-hop or pop hip-hop was definitely needed because you think about with Fresh Prince and, and Jazz, Jazz, Jeff and the, DJ Jazz and Jeff and the Fresh Prince and they like you you definitely need that you need that pop and that mainstream type of hip-hop because it keeps it it keeps it fresh 
-hmm. right? Because then, and then you were able to go into the the deeper archives and the and the, and the subgenres of hip hop as well. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm seeing. So what's what, what back? Yeah, it's it's coming, it, it, it's coming back. You know that it's life is a pendulum and culture is a pendulum. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it always swings, but it goes down the road while it swings. Yeah. So you know, things aren't gonna go back to fucking NPCs and actually laying shit down on actual tape, right? But but people have like a nostalgia for that. They blend that with the new nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Like one of my producers, Diff Hop over in the UK. Mm -hmm. He still uses NPCs, but then he also puts it through a DAW on his fucking computer and everything like that, and then does a lot of work over in there on it and stuff like that. He doesn't just build it straight off the deck, you know? Okay. And so so there's that mix, the hybridizing of old and new and, and leading us down this path. And, you know, like like we said, it it is getting things are getting better but things always have to get bad before they get better oh, yeah. you know it's it's just that's how that's how cycles go you know what i'm saying it'll go up and then it'll fall and then it got to go back up again and stuff like that that's just that's just how it is man and music's like that you know like a lot of people say that like you know rock has been dead since the 90s you know what i'm saying 90s rock was like the pinnacle and stuff like that well you know everybody's got their own point of view on that but at some point it will come back and it will be like the thing again. But as of right now, you know, hip hop has the biggest thing, but it's, it's being, it's being poisoned so much that people are turning away from it. And that's where, you know, places like, like punk black and stuff like that, that we've mentioned here before on the show, they're coming up, they're like, like new hybrid versions of things are popping off and, they're taking off way more than any of the bullshit does. You know, like like you mentioned, I think in the last episode, because I was just editing that not long ago, that last episode, you mentioned how, you know, Nas and all them people are selling out stadiums. And the old school pop artists, yeah. Yeah, all the old school people are selling out and all the new school people like Lil Baby, Dub Baby and everybody else who's wearing diapers, they're like dropping shows and shit like that. Because they can't sell tickets because nobody wants to see them. Why? Why would they want to see them? They're going to fucking pull up their phone. They're not worth it yeah. to these people. But them going and listening to Nas spit everything from fucking, when he started, 1980 or whatever, and he's still fucking coming out with new music, for him to get up on stage and spit everything in his fucking collection or fucking, you know, Wu-Tang to be going on stage spitting shit that they ain't put an album out in how many years? You know what I'm saying? Like, as a collective. You know, uh, stuff like that. Redman is popping off on YouTube right now because he just started just dropping a bunch of fucking shit here lately. Stuff like that. And it's going because it, it's it not only has the nostalgia value, but it has the raw realness value. Like, yeah, these people are millionaires, but they still bring that raw realness. You know, it's still real. You know, like you were saying with Lil Russell, man, like people. So people. Yeah, people like him. Because he's real and authentic all the way around. When you see him, he's not wearing 50,000 chains and, you know, holding up fucking stacks of money to his ear and shit like that. He's dressing just clothes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you may have some nice clothes here and there, but it's just clothes. You know, it's clean. You know, it's what it is. You know, he's, you know, like you said, he's having shows in his backyard. I mean, he's he's being real with people. He's being authentic. And people resonate with that, man. Motherfuckers will sign over a check to you if 
if if they love you that well enough because of all that shit. He's had know? to turn down deals. He's had to turn down record deals already because he just he's like, nah, man. And I mean, and that shows you like this boy is definitely one of those guys that man, they want to get they they want to get a hold of him. Mm-hmm. Want yeah. him. And that's the thing though, too, is you know, that's kind of like that the tactic that I say about how people should should not perform shows unless they're asked. Yeah. You know, because then and then only perform with the ones that they want to because yeah. it creates that want. The more you turn these people down off their easy shit, the more they're gonna want you. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna create that value add, man. And and you don't even have to have a deal nowadays. That's the thing. I saw an artist, he posted something a little bit ago on 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 his, on his Facebook it said like some guy offered him a contract for to manage him or whatever and you know I didn't even read the contract he was like should I take it or whatever and I fucking messaged and I put in the comment everybody else was saying oh no this is fake or whatever I was like dude work with me I'll help you out no contracts no bullshit like that and I'm not going to be taking your money reoccurring or nothing like that I was like I'll help you out no problem dude Right, because because you don't need to have these fucking contracts and shit like that. Management management is nothing. That's just a poaching opportunity. Mm-hmm. I fucking I dip my toe in trying to be management for people before, and it is so grimy that I ran away. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like I didn't even want to deal with it. I was looking at it, and not only not to mention the babysitting aspect that a manager has to do for the artist, because a lot of these artists are fucking wildly uh, uncontrolled in their own personal life mm-hmm. by self control. But it's just so grimy. It's like I gotta I gotta sit and watch these people like a hawk and make sure I'm getting my twenty percent of everything they're doing because I'm working with them whether they made that move or not. And then when they make moves without me, I'm sitting there hitting them up like, "Why'd you make this move without me? You're you're not supposed to make any moves without me. I'm supposed to be making the moves for you. That's why I'm your manager." Yada yada. Yo, it's a fucking racket, man. I tried. I like I said, I dipped my toe in that, and I was like, "Yo, fuck this, man." I was like, "You want out your contract? Bye." because i'm done too fuck it i'm canceling your contract you go do whatever you want to do i'm gonna do whatever i want to do and that's why i was like fuck man i'll just be freelance fucking people man because if you want me come holler at me man i'll help you out 100 percent. yeah same way kp is man we don't fuck yeah i decided that too like because i started doing the um i started doing my uh that um artist um brand uh like music brand artist music brand and um development program culture program and I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed working with the artists I did. Like that was like that was just a blessing. But I started feeling, I started feeling a little, I started feeling like a slumlord. Yeah. It was like I because I was doing it because it was like now I started doing it for the money. Mm-hmm. I started my price off at 500 And then I, you know, went and I had did a sale. Because I wanted to get more clients on, so I did a sale, and then uh, like a birthday sale. It was a really cool one, which I was able to get more people on. And then I started kind of getting into this wheel and deal thing with it, and I was just like, you know what? I really dirty. don't feel comfortable. Yeah, it just felt super fucking dirty. Yeah, yeah, because because <laughs> you you because you 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 put yourself and the artist into a both of y'all with your backs against the wall type of situation because mm-hmm. now 
you guys got into some kind of contractual agreement for X amount of months and you're sitting here like, oh, well, you know, I have to keep giving them something and then they have to keep giving me something out of it and shit. No, that's just, it's just fucking grimy. It's just like, look, you know, let's just do this one month at a time. You holler at me, we'll help each other out and stuff like that. And, you know, and go from there, man, because contracts are bullshit, dude. You don't need a fucking contract for shit nowadays, man. Like, yeah. w- what do you need a contract for? It wasn't even, like, it wasn't even a it. contract. Like, for us, it wasn't even a contract. It was just the fact of just doing the, it was just me charging for charging that the amount of money, which, like, I'm not, I'm not dissing anybody who does it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not dissing anybody who does, who, Start doing a service and making your money off of being a music market music marketer. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying. But for me, it was just, it was just I was just getting tired of the of the idea of well, if I can make it 500, then I can make it more and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I was just really getting tired of it from that perspective. The That's game, the I, game of it. Yeah, yeah, the gamification that, that of it. Part of the game of it, and I just felt like you know it would be a lot easier and just more productive for us to just, for me to just go into it on in podcast form, which is what we're doing. And it's been a lot better since I've done it that, since I've been doing it in the podcast space versus just trying to be out there on my own, making money at trying to make money at it. Cause it just, it, 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 for after a while, it ended up really killing my drive. And I think it was after, you know, the one artist that I had that ended up, that we ended up parting ways. And then that's where I was like, you know what? Yeah, the, the course was three months anyway. So just go ahead and do the three months and then just go ahead and let it go. But then after that, I just decided to just let it go in, in its entirety. And yeah. Now it's like, it just feels better just how we're doing it, like being able to do the reviews and then just, I'm going to, like I said, I'm got to really look because the way my schedule is work for work, but that's corporate and I don't, and I'm cutting, hours have been cut. So I'll be able to determine what day I can do the, go do my, do the lives for us on the, um, for the MMC um, cast so I can go live on Instagram and YouTube for us. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what I'm looking at too. And just like being able to do, just being able to do the music marketing and, and share content and talk with people about it versus trying to get them to personally, because like even I don't want to really do ads. I don't want to be the person being responsible for your ads and all that shit. I really don't. So and I even dabble with that, too. And it's like, yeah, I can manage your ads for you, but ads are not really complicated. No, like like the the management of the ad is not complicated. However, coming up with the strategy and that's where it's kind of complicated sometimes. That's where the actual that's where you get the value. And so I'd much rather sit there and chop it up with people and come up with different ideas and stuff like that. And then them come back to me whenever they got a question or whatever. And, and, you know, so then I'm teaching them how to manage their own shit. If they Mm -hmm. want me to manage it for them. Okay, cool, whatever. But, but yeah, like just try and see, like there's so much more than just managing ads for somebody. There's so much more than just, you know, 
trying to give him pointers and stuff like that. It's it's a real working relationship, you know. And so, yeah, that's that's why we bring all different kinds of things to the table here with Music Making Sense podcast, with everything that we're doing here on the podcast. And we got more things in the work for every single one of y'all who who enjoy what we're doing here. And I mean, like I said, if you want to work with us, you holler at us and stuff like that. We'll see what we can do to help you out. If we can't help you, we're going to say we can't help you and stuff like that. Or, you know, it's not going to work. We're going to recommend something else. We're going to recommend something. We're going to help you out because that's just what we want to do. We want to help people. You know, yes, we want we like everybody likes money. Right. But we want to help people because we get so much more value out of it, because if we help you and you don't give us any money, then you're also going to tell other people, hey, this guy helped me out, man. Go check him out. Go check out this content. Listen to this content right here. Check this out right here. You know what I'm saying? These, this guy helped me out a lot, man. Oh, man, I like what these guys said right here. It was fucking dope. You know, they really spit game right here. We need to go check them out. And then it starts, you start going from there. And then we're helping you. You're helping other people by turning them onto us. So then we're helping them. And it just keeps going like that. And then we can really start changing some shit here in this music industry. Instead of it being so predatory and everything like that, we can bypass all that bullshit, you know, because between me and KP and our adversity to anything structured in life and any norms, you know, per se, you know, white dude into hip hop, black dude in the fucking metal who wears suits and fucking, you know, has RBG flag in the back, all kinds of weird shit. You know what I'm saying? We, we do things however the fuck we want to do it. And so sticking to any norms that the industry tells us, Oh, you have to do that. I'm like, no, I'll do whatever the fuck I want to. How about that? You know? And so, so if, if, if you are in the, the situation where, you know, you're like distro kids stealing from me or, Oh, this thing's rigged. Oh, shadow banning on social media and everything like that. Holla at us. Wow. Maybe we, maybe we can at least say something that will spur the idea in your head that will get you to think differently about where you're at and come up with something different, go around all them and their bullshit. Exactly. That's what we're about here at Music Making Sense Podcast. That's what we that's what we rock with here, with everything that we teach you here, everything that we talk about here. We're all about different, all about change, all about overcoming adversity, all about doing shit differently to get a different result. So instead of being tied down to some contract that you don't want to be in anymore or you know that's just raping you for everything that you got that's it hollowing you out and making you feel soulless don't do it yeah don't do it hit absolutely so if you got value here today as always make sure you drop a comment below like share follow subscribe all that happy horse shit but also, if you, like I said, you want to talk to us, holler at us, you can hit us up any and everywhere, musicmakingsensepod.com. Excuse me, musicmakingsensepod.com for any and everything Music Making Sense podcast. And then, bare minimum, drop a comment down below where you're listening right here, right now, or hit us up on the socials, and we will be in touch with you, and we will help you out. So, like, too, guys. What was that? Your phone broke up. Uh, Sid, um, Sharon, like. Like yeah, it. share, share, and like, like, share, follow, subscribe, all that shit, man. Absolutely. So, until next time, we will see y'all. You do good. You keep listening to what we got here. Implement that shit, and drop comments down below. Let us know what you think. I'll see y'all later.
Holla, y'all.